The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Good afternoon, two minutes past three. Kim on the Rich with you for the next two hours, live from Studio Lumo SA, here at number one King William Street in the city. Glorious day outside, 23.9 degrees as we speak. We are here thanks to Hyundai, Balfour's and IGA supermarkets. How are the locals like it? It's going to be a busy day. There's a lot happening in the world of sport. Let's bring in the Rooch. What's the matter you? Right. Hey, got no respect. Ooh. What do you think you do? Good afternoon, Michelangelo Rucci. Hello, Kim. Hello, everyone. Lovely day outside. What are you grabbing there? I was grabbing the grabs, Very our good. audio grabs, Rucci. Right. Why? You well, couldn't add lip leaning for two seconds. Leaning over the console? Well, I needed to get them Very in my good. hands, Roach, because you want to hear from Justin Reed, don't you? Yes, you want I to do. hear from Dom Ambrosio, uh, Jordan Dawson, Justin Reed, Oscar Piastri. Well, it's their day. It's all started uh, the I trade know. period. Busy day. Hey, what are Seems we... every player is wanted again. Mm. Everyone's a required player again. Even when they're trying to push them out yes. of the door. Yes, they're all much loved. Oh, mm. yes. Um, I believe Ollie Wines is still on the table. I don't know if you'll get the offer Port's looking for. Uh, we'll hear from Chris Davies on that. I'm sure he will. We're always told there's no such thing as an untouchable player, Kim. That's very, very true. What a big weekend, though. We had Formula One, Bathurst, uh, Australia last night. Oh, dearie me. That was a roller coaster. Yeah, it was a bit disappointing. Then they had yeah. India at three for three. <laughs> Mitch three Marsh... ducks at the top of the order for India, and it just goes wrong. Well, Mitch Marsh dropped the catch. He Not a big held. day for him, was no. it? No, he went out for a duck as well. Mm-hmm. The Rugby World Cup, where Portugal did the impossible. <laughs> but not enough. Beat Fiji, and we still get knocked out on, on points. Yeah, they won 24-23. If they put on an extra six points, we'd be playing England in a quarter final. Yeah, so Eddie Jones would then would have been up against one of his former teams. Mm. Well, not happening. Probably don't deserve to be there. No, and in the NBL, we'll say this quietly, the Adelaide 36ers are 0-4. and four. Yes, They've yes, been, I, I know. I they've know. been competitive. They lost to the Sydney Kings and Perth Wildcats. But, it, will, uh, it will come. Well, I'm not sure. It might go the other way, Roach. Well, it can't go worse. Well, it, it can. can. It can. They've been competitive. They could start getting uh, belted. Hey, mm. we're live and interactive. We'd love to hear from you. Your thoughts on the weekend. Uh, 0427-154-166. Or you can have a chat on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll also be doing a nearest the pin tonight, Roach. Why would we do that? Because Port Adelaide has its best and fairest, or club champion, whichever way you want to refer it to, all in honour of the John Cale medal. Mm-hmm. We would expect Zach Butters to be the raging favourite. Raging? But he played every game and he was just so strong on coaches' votes. And considering this is a coaches' vote medal, mm-hmm. it's hardly going to be a massive differential from what we saw in the coaches' votes. Interesting that Nick Dacos got knocked off by his brother Josh on the weekend. Mm. But then again, he did miss the last six was it, five, games. five or six yeah. uh, games. So we'll do a nearest the pin. Uh, you can have your say. Who wins the John Cale medal and by how many votes? I get the feeling we might have a tiebreaker here, but... Um, Anyway, we'll work it out. We'll put the if we have multiple winners, we'll put them in a hat tomorrow. That's for a hundred dollars. We did likewise. <laughs> yeah, with, I think we're really 
we're really getting we're getting tips on the margin more so than the winner, aren't we? Surely Zach is the raging favourite. Well, is he? Maybe Dan Houston. Connor Rosie too. Mm-hmm. Well, Kane wasn't favourite when he won a number of his, was he? True. True. But I think you can say what we saw of Zach Butters this year and the way in which we can take a read from coaches' votes. Connor Rosie couldn't go back to back. We'll see tonight. Oh, Bruch, well, we're trying to give a leg I, up. I am told you, I think Zach Butters is the raging favourite. All right. How much will he win by? And what's the voting system? It's different. Right. The, the Crows so, was zero. No. It is zero. Zero. They've corrected that. Zero to ten. Yes. I only read them. I know you do. It was from the Crows, I Rooch. agree. I saw, I read it myself. And I, said, I thought maybe wrong. you get one for having your socks up and preparation and the right sprigs. Graham Corns is no longer there. Okay. Graham Corns is all about socks up. He would have, he would have given you a vote for socks. No one wears the socks up now apart from Jason Horn Francis. Matt Rao? Is he a socks? No, I don't think he is. I thought he was. No, no, no. I think he socks down grass eating. Oh, that's mm. his trick, is it? Mm. Okay, whatever. Anyway, Port Adelaide's is senior coach Ken Inkley, all the line coaches, so we know that he is. Mm. Nathan Bassett, as he was, as defence. Mm-hmm. Josh Carr in the midfield, Chad Corns forward, plus Chris Davies get together, put together zero to five. Zero to five. So the maximum vote you can get is 15. 15 votes. Okay. 15 votes. Whereas uh, the Adelaide Crows was 1 to 10. Congratulations, Jordan Dawson. Yes. We'll hear from him very shortly, uh, Rooch. All right, send a text if you want to win that $100 IGA voucher, how the locals like it. Uh, 0427154166. Coming up on the show, Rooch, it's a ruthless time of the year, 3.35. We'll be joined by a lad that went to Sydney in 2019. He had the world in front of him, Will Gould. He managed only... Four games. He went as draft pick number 26, just four senior games. I called the game when Glenelg won the premiership against Port Adelaide that year, and he was a star in defence. I suspect maybe a lack of height mm, that hurts. was his Achilles heel. Will he get another chance? He's only 22 years of age, a boy from Lucendale. Mm. We'll chat to Will at 3.35. Uh, right throughout the program, Roach, we'll be updating all the trade news, thanks to CMC Invest. Bharat Sundarasan at 4 o'clock. Well, uh, not a great start for Australia and they have to a lot of think about a way in which they're going about their business there in India for this World Cup. Do they keep going with all pace, Kim? Um, I wouldn't have thought so. It depends on the pitches, though. Bharat would have more idea being over there, Rooch. We have South Africa on Thursday, I think. Uh, At 4.20, we'll be joined by an old colleague. Well, he's still a colleague of yours. He's the media manager of the Port Adelaide Football Club. We used to do the Saturday sports show together on 5AA. They were the days. Daniel that song again. Those were the... um, I've forgotten who sang it again now. You were Uh, so quick on this on Friday. Mary Hopkins was. There you go. Shocking song. Um, <laughs> Norts will join bad. us to talk about the John Cale medal and also um, Jeff Motley and the funeral today, which we'll touch on, Roach. Uh, John Casey, the voice of basketball, will join us at 4.35. So it's a really busy show, Roach. And uh, you are dressed up today, unfortunately, for all the wrong reasons. Yes, we farewell Jeff Motley at Albert and Oval from 11.30. It was... Uh, it was a service I think he would have been very proud of. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jeff was very particular about how things were done. I, I've i never seen a coffin like this one of his where he had 17 on both ends. And really? The prison bars on both ends and replicas of the premiership trophies that he had won emblazoned onto the coffin as well. Something I'd never seen before, but that told you his story about how much he cherished 
the 17 jumper at Port Adelaide, mm. picked that up as a teenager and refused to get rid of it even as a captain. Only once or twice wore the number one. We had Jenny Williams open the eulogies, yep. hosted by Tim Jennifer, who has quite a long time with Jeff as Jeff, well as yep. Premiership captains of Port Adelaide. Craig Bradley, long tenure with Jeff, so he was second Player on the manager, yep. Yep. and also great confidant of his. Mm. Then Nathan Buckley was there. Remember, Nathan went through all the trauma when he was going through with the drafting and trading issues between Brisbane and Collingwood, and mm. Jeff was very strong in his corner to help him out on that one. And the memories were just so strong and so vivid. And that's what we're going to have with Jeff Motley. It's just not about his football record and what he achieved in football, but what he did as a good friend to a lot of people, be it in sport or in business and in life. I Mm. I did a story on the weekend about the time he, you know, saved a seven-year-old boy off the, you know, from drowning at Grange and just handed the boy to the Lifesavers and didn't, want to be a hero from it. Mm. But everyone tracked him down and did make him a hero for him. He's a reluctant hero. But that was a, it's a, just a nice send-off for him. And the a lap good, of honour at our... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. the weather gods were kind And not well. just a Adelaide crowd, Kim. When you've got people coming mm. from Sturt, Norwood, South Adelaide, West Adelaide, all around the Sandford because of his contribution to the state teams as well, you just realise what sort of mark Jeff Motley leaves on the game, our city, our people. So... Farewell, Jeff. I would dare say you're having already a fair bit of fun upstairs with Ross and Russell and sorting out to play whatever game they're playing up there. Sure you're doing it well. Well, I'm sure it was a massive celebration. Our love and strength go out to all the family and friends mm. of the late and great Jeff Motley. We'll jump in a lot to get through. We'll stick with Port Adelaide too because you've traded your future first round pick. We'll get into that. We'll hear about Tom Duday, that deal's been done, Oscar Piastri, and uh, so much more. It's going to be a busy day, and you can have a crack at nearest the pin. Who wins the John Cale medal tonight, and by how many votes? We are here, thanks to Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona, imagined to be bold. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Seventeen on a beautiful Monday afternoon. We're here thanks to IGA Supermarkets. How are the locals like it in Balfour's? No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. 23.8 degrees outside. We're going to make someone's day, Roach. We did a $100 voucher for the Malcolm Blight medal. Who wins and by how many votes? Jordan Dawson won by 17. I think you predicted 13. I predicted 11. We have two winners. No one got it correct. Barrel roll again? No, we're going to award the $100 to both of them. Oh, we're in a generous very generous. Mood. Very generous, Roach. Um, so, oh, fair dinkum. Mario from Maslin's Beach Pardon? had 15 points. Mario's a winner? Yeah, Mario's a winner. $100 IGA voucher. And there was a phone number ending with 946. We obviously have your full number. Uh, you've won the other $100 thanks to IGA Supermarkets, How the Locals Like It. We often say it doesn't have to be your real name. It'd be nice if it was. Yes, it would but be. if it's a nickname, it makes it a lot easier than us reading out just a number. Yes, well, Mario is our Barry Humphreys, isn't he? He's got so many identities. No, I think there's only one, Rich. 
You think he's just he's, Mario? There's, here, there's only one Mario. I really? see. I see the numbers, Roach. Don't he may have multiple phones? Don't. Well, he could. That's another argument. But don't come up with scurrilous suggestions <laughs> like that. Like Mario does. <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah. play Mario with Mario. We, we love him. And Mario, I'm not reading out your one about <laughs> what I have in common with Jeff Motley, you idiot. Um, John Cale medals worth $100. Same deal. Who wins? By how much? I say Zach Butters by... 18, that's my selection. So I've got 25 games. Uh, I'll go by 27. 27 with the Roach, right. We can't win, Roach. Right. Um, because you're on the cuff for coffees. Uh, let's jump into this. Uh, Port Adelaide, you have traded your future first round pick. This is uh, clever but needed to be done. So they've gone and knocked on Fremantle's door because Port Adelaide does need to get some draft assets, mm. in particular in the first round. They have none this year. Their first pick was 38. That's blowing out as the free yep. agents are coming in. So they've knocked on Fremantle's door. They took Fremantle's first pick of this year, which has now blown out to 23 with the Tom Duda compensation pick and will probably blow out a little further. They've also taken uh, Fremantle's mm. second-round pick of next year. Who knows where that will land? Mm. We can have our guesses on Fremantle. Mm. And handed up their first round future pick of 2024. So, being very they're clearly looking at now, help me with this one. That first round pick, who does it help most secure? Because you see that Essendon's digging in with Brandon Zerk Thatcher. You know that Essendon, oh, sorry, Geelong's been digging in with the Sarvaradigalea for a long time. Brandon Zerk Thatcher will get done because yeah. it looks like Dersma will be going to Essendon. So that works into that deal. Yeah, that, that works that into one. that. So this yeah. one's and more for Radigalea. I wouldn't be giving a first round pick for Sarvaradigalea. They've got to do business Sarver. though. I know. I know. And they've got Jordan Sweet to get out of the Western Bulldogs as well. We'll get to Chris Davies. We'll get to all of that mm. very, very shortly. Roach, uh, Tom Duday, you said on Friday the deal will get done very quickly. It yeah. was. I would imagine all parties are extremely happy, especially the Crows. So. I would think so. So Brisbane did the right thing, let Tom Duday go to the Crows best and fairest. So there's officially a Crows player. Yeah. They waited till all that ended, landed in the paperwork. Adelaide didn't muck around, particularly when they were told their compensation would be at the end of the first round. End of the first round, 19. 19. Now, let's take that back to where it was. Well, it was originally a pick 17. So, they, mm. I mean, you invest a lot of time into a play before he's well, a free he's, agent. He's had eight seasons, Roach. He's only yeah. 26 years old. Uh, Brisbane believe he'll be sound, even though they don't get him for the first half of next year. Mm. Uh, they say his history and his due diligence – Says he'll be around for a long time. So, so they're, they're happy with what they've bought. Yep, Brisbane's delighted. And Adelaide would be, well, if we can use the expression, doing cartwheels. Because getting cartwheels. Getting pick 19 is a major, major gain. Let's for see if their list manager, Justin Reid, is doing a cartwheel. Yeah, Cal, uh, obviously Brisbane lodged a paperwork this morning. So we've had conversations over the weekend at the Combine. And uh, obviously, you know, over a period of time, we've been really clear on where that sits. So obviously uh, the value of that in the tenure um, end up being pick 19 and round one pick. You happy with that? Uh, yeah, look, we, we, you never like losing players, but we understand how free agency works. And Tom's a quality individual and player, but obviously as a list management group, we made a decision, um, you know, not to match that. So we wish him and Emily and the family all the best and we move forward. They need to be respectful and all clubs will be like that, but they are doing the happy dance behind closed doors. Uh, happy let's hear, dance. Yeah, the happy, happy dance. Wow. <laughs> wow. Keep a lid on it. Uh, let's hear from the Brisbane list manager, Dom and 
Ambrogio. There's a lot of typos. A lot of yeah, people saying no, Ambrosio. Definitely with, definitely with a G. So Tom Ambrogio on Tom Dudo. Uh, well, we obviously tracked him so, sort of from the back end of last year into the start of this year. Uh, watched a lot of his footy, did a lot of medical due diligence, caught up with him, thought he was a fantastic, impressive human being. Thought he could really add to our group of uh, flexible, flexible and versatile defenders. And um, we're hoping that obviously the free agency uh, goes through smoothly and Adelaide don't match and he becomes a Lions player very shortly. Oh, yep. it was very quick. <laughs> it was very quick. A lot of text coming through. Justin Reid was doing heel clicks and cartwheels. Not that's surprised. from Costa. A lot of people suggesting that's a very good deal for the Adelaide Football Club. Yeah, they come about it very nicely. Yeah, I think they're pleased. And, and uh, for those the way Josh Worrell is going, yep. it, it looks really good. And for those who thought Adelaide would then be in the market for Gold Coast number four pick, well, that's now with the Western Bulldogs. We'll they get to mucked that around rich. with a lot of draft picks. So everyone who thought that Adelaide was going to use Tom Duda's compensation to get higher up the mm. draft. Well, it won't be with pick four unless they're doing something with the Bulldogs now. No, that was done with the Doggies. Let's mm. get a quick one in before the break. Uh, here's Reedy clearing up the, the interest in Clayton Oliver. Mm. How far did you take it? Uh, not too far. Again, that's between Melbourne and Clayton. So, obviously, uh, there's certain things you explore, but um, unless, I guess, another party's a willing participant, you kind of move on pretty quickly. All yeah, So that's clear that Clayton Oliver wasn't wanting to go anywhere, was he? No, no. It was a shot across the bow. Pull your head in, lad. They did that well, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Strategic um, management of ultimate theory on that one. And uh, now he's moved in with Maxie Gorn for a while. So there's a bit of work to be done there. Yeah. Oh, well, let's hope he gets back Yeah, on we track. do. That's what we want. That's what we want. All right, let's jump into a break. Uh, we're going to change direction on the other side of the break. There's a young 22-year-old Melbourne boy that's got the world at his feet. His yes, name's Oscar forever. Piastri. We'll talk about that next on Kimba on the Rouge. We're here thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. All new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Nearly 3.30, we're live from Studio Lumo SA, powered by Lumo Energy, currently 24.3 degrees outside. Will Gould coming up after the 3.30 news. Sadly, he was delisted by the Sydney Swans. Bharat Sundarasan over in India will be crossing there. We've got the good, the bad and the ugly. You can have a crack at that from the weekend. Daniel Norton. Port Adelaide media manager at 4.20. And we're hoping to talk to John Casey at 4.30 about uh, the NBL. All right, a couple of texts. Hey, boys, you should hear Damien Barrett complaining and whining about Adelaide getting picked 19. He's okay for his club, North Melbourne, to receive handouts nonstop. That's from Costa. Uh, Costa, I'm not sure you're right there. I think I've heard Damien be pretty... Pointed about North Melbourne's handouts recently. All right. Well, he's having a whinge about Adelaide. Here's another I one. Hi, Kimbo and Roach. Surely Crow's getting picked 19 for due day is a square up for the AFL for the goal umpire fiasco of Blake oh. with a conspiracy oh. theory. There's another herb and another spice. <laughs> no, I like it, Roach. The old yes. colonel. You need to trim your moustache too. Uh, Zach <laughs> Butters to win the John Cale medal by 23. If you want to have a crack at that, we have a $100 IGA voucher. Oscar Piastri, 22 years of age, gets his first Grand Prix victory. Yes, the lad from Melbourne who drives for McLaren in his 18th race gives the first Australian victory in the Grand Prix since Daniel Ricciardo won in 2021 at the Italian. Second. 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 Apologies. He was second. He's He's on the podium where Max Verstappen, 
has won three titles in a row, and there are six races still to go, Kim. What are we going to do watching the Grand Prix from now on? Well, it's a little bit boring, isn't it? Uh, let's hear from Oscar. I thought you were going to say I got given a five-second penalty again for track limits. <laughs> Scared the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> no, very, very happy, obviously. Uh, turn one was nice. That was definitely in the game plan before the race. Um, but, yeah, really impressive pace. Definitely the, the hardest race I've, I've had in my life, so... So for all the drama there was, all the debate about the tyres, we had an Australian on the podium with the champagne. Good to see. Here's a nice text, and we'll get to this. We'll hear from Stephen May from the Melbourne Football Club. Stephen May may not have won Melbourne's Best and Fairest Award. He came fifth, actually. But he's definitely a front-runner for the BS Award. Talks a big game for a guy who's lost his last four finals games. That's from Will. I like it, Will. He's in hospital at the moment. Yes, he had a reaction to uh, shellfish. Mm. Um, We'll play what he had to say at their B and F a I'm little bit. Sure, later. I disagree with him. Actually, I think um, they were the big disappointment of the final series. Uh, they, the they were. There's a few big comments coming out. Jordan Dawson says that uh, he thinks they were good enough to beat the two grand final teams as well. Which is wow, fair enough. Mm. But you have to prove it. You got to back didn't get the chance. In. Sadly, three thirty-two. Roach the news, and then we'll have a chat to Will Gould. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Balfers, they've been baking people happy since 1853. We are live from Studio Lumo SA here at number one King William Street in the city. Glorious day outside, 24 degrees. Just a reminder, if you want to play nearest the pin, who wins tonight's John Cale medal and by how many votes? Now, Todd has said uh, Connor Rosie to win by 12 votes. That's Todd from Port Nalunga. Cameron from Andrews Farm says Zach Butters by 21 votes. Stack of people saying uh, Butters. And Costa says Adelaide will trade picks 19 and 24 for pick 10 from the Gold Coast. We'll keep an eye on it. That's a possibility. Looking forward to chatting to our next guest. I wish it was under different circumstances. Mm. I believe he's back in Adelaide already. Back in 2019, Will Gould was drafted to the Sydney Swans with pick 26 after starring for Glenelg in their grand final victory. He dominated. Managed just the four games over the four years and uh, sadly he has been cut from their playing roster. But he's been good enough to join us today. How are you, Will? Yeah, good. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on. No, an absolute pleasure. Commiserations. When did you find out? Uh, oh, well, today, like officially, um, obviously it, it came out. But I've known since just after my uh, exit interview that that I wasn't going back. Um, yeah, I had my exit interviews and then went back in, spoke to Horse and uh, Charlie Gardner, who's the head of footy, and mm. Um, mm. we discussed it a little bit further and. Uh, from my end, like I see limited opportunities, but yep. yeah, if it was going to stay the same, there's probably not much point in, in coming back. So I've known for a couple of weeks and I've been able to process that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm all right. And, well, I'm glad you're all right, but it's a big thing. You go up there as a young kid, so you've basically had your adult life in Sydney and now you have to move back. What's the process now with you and your manager? Obviously only 22, I think. Fingers crossed you'll get redrafted or picked up. Uh, yeah, that's that's the plan. Um, at the moment, I caught up with Michael Doherty, who's my manager, um, 
talk through a few things and, and now it's just get super fit, um, get mm. to work and yeah, hopefully an opportunity presents itself um, in the near future. We know you can play. Would it be fair to say as a defender, defender, you just need another five centimetres? <laughs> Where do you do that? <laughs> can we get you <laughs> yeah, on a stretching rack? Look for, yeah, I know. I need one. I need to get one here and uh, use it daily, I think. But mm. um, <laughs> no, that's all right. I think um, if we drafted as a maybe a halfbacker in that position, I want to yeah, like to play. Um, but yeah, if one reason or another, the opportunities come as a key defender and um, that didn't quite work out uh, my time in Sydney, but, but that's okay. So we're back here and um, yeah, obviously we move on. Well, give us an insight to what it's like being an AFL player who's coming out of contract. So mm. how did that all play through the year? And then what? how did you walk into those exit meetings knowing that you still didn't have a contract? Yeah, it's oh, it's an interesting one. I was out of contract the end of last year as well, so mm. obviously had a little bit of practice. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, being in limbo is oh, not not great. Doesn't matter, yeah, sort of what profession you're in, I guess. Um, Security is always nice to have, but uh, it's one of those things you don't have too much control over. Come the end of the season, it's um, yeah, what it'll be. It'll be, and you just gotta yeah, just try and hang in there and. Um, get yourself in routine, not think about it too much, and it'll look after itself one way or the other. So when you walked into the exit meeting, what was your expectation there? Uh, yeah, I wasn't too sure. The exit yeah. meeting, we just talked about the year, basically, um, how it was going, some mixed of sort of feedback. So played some good games, played some... Um, just probably didn't take the opportunities at, at AFL level at mm. how I would have liked. Um yeah, I walked out and probably didn't get to say, I guess, what uh, what I needed to in there. So, mm. yeah, obviously, I had a chat to Horse and Charlie afterwards, and and that was a that was a good one. And then, um, yeah, I, I come home after that. But you don't get to change their mind, or do you get to state your case? You said you got to speak to Charlie and Horse. Do you say, Horse, you've got this wrong. Get stuffed. <laughs> Give me another good chance. I can do this. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was, I was. Um, Oh, interviews are oh, they're nerve-wracking for everyone whether yeah. you've, you've had a good year or not I think you sort of don't know what to expect I think guys can walk in and think they've had a good year and, and get hit between the eyes and you walk in thinking you've you've done okay and, and they, they're really positive with you so yeah it's an interesting one interviews. But you did have a good year in the VFL you were named player of the year is that right from your 20 games? Uh, yeah, that was last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My last year's obviously interview was um, was good, and this one was yeah, a bit of a mixed bag. Mm. So, how do you look at the four years in Sydney, Will? Yeah, it's oh, it's a good question. Um, obviously, I've had a couple of weeks to process of not like knowing that I'm I'm not going back. Mm. Um, but yeah, our first two years was was COVID years. That of was course. just a, a crazy time. Um, mm. Reflecting on that, we had the the break for a couple of weeks. We were home on the farm, and um, then we're up in up in Cairns, and mm. um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> the hotels up in Cairns. That was a bit of an interesting time as well. But um, oh, as an overall view, it was like a really positive four years. I think I, I, I love my time in Sydney. Um, formed close friendships with a yeah a lot of the young guys up there. Um, which was amazing, um, and it was like we yeah, lived in Bondi and Bronte. Oh. And, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah living the, the dream. Years, yeah, um, uh, it was it was nice. So from that side of 
um, that side of it, it was it was good. Um, but footy, obviously, yeah, while I was up there, didn't quite work out, and that's a bit of a shame. But hopefully, there's opportunities around the corner. Now, will people think I'm a bit of a weirdo or creepy because I ask about relationships? But it's such a big upheaval to get moved state to state. So, did you find a partner in Sydney, and what what happens there? No, I'm lucky enough. My partner is in Adelaide, okay. so we're doing long distance. Um, and she's been yeah, incredible over the last couple of years. She's um, yeah, a beautiful person, and she's probably had to go through a bit in the COVID years as well. We had a couple of plane flights booked and had to cancel them the day before. So that was tough. Um, but yeah, now she's in Adelaide. She's um, amazing. It's good to just be home. Uh, for her for a while, so All right, yeah, so that's nice. Yeah, on the quiet, she's wrapped. You got sacked. Um, yeah, yeah, I think she's maybe not. After, yeah. Maybe not. Um, so what <laughs> happens? Fingers crossed. You you get. To, how do you keep yourself fit now? Who do you go and train with? Do you go back to Glenelg, or whilst you're waiting to find out what your future is? Yeah. So at the moment, obviously, none of the Sandville clubs have started training yet. Mm. Um, so we, like, um, I got my end of season program from. Swans, so now I'm just following that. Um, so that's handy to have still. Um, so I'll just follow that, and then hopefully, there's a few local guys or well, Sydney guys that are here, or um, yeah, there's a few guys I'm, I'm close with from other clubs that I can train with as well. So rather than trying to stick it out on your own, it's um, it's always easier doing that sort of thing and, and running in gym with, with mm. other people that can push you along. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll find plenty of people to to try and get fit with. Have you given a call to a former teammate called Jordan Dawson? He's quite influential now. Yeah, also. <laughs> um, I've been messaging, but uh, no, no, nothing, nothing, to, oh, nothing of that sort. Uh, to get me in text, no, nah, nah. um, no, nothing like that. But yeah, I think I'll, obviously he's um, a freak runner. So if I can get training with him, that'd be nice. Well, let's hope there is a second chance. And when you get it in your hands, how will you make the most of it learning from the first one? There's a bit of a sales pitch opportunity for you. <laughs> sales pitch, yeah, thank you very much. Um, oh, no, to me, I've learned a lot um, coming in. Yeah, overweight, not too fit to the swans. And, um, yeah, the, the guys up there that hold up, um, hold themselves to elite standards like mm. ramps and, and, and Millsy. Um, training standards. I've learned, yeah, learned so much. How to be a how to be professional. Um, see your wife in the field. Yeah, you're eating and and all sorts. So I think I'm a pretty more rounded athlete than I was when I first got there. And um, yeah, through experiences on and off the field, I think I'm just a more rounded, well-rounded person, more mature. Um, I'll be absolutely ready to to grab another opportunity if it comes. Well, we hope you get that second mm. opportunity. Now that you're not at the Swans anymore, what was the real story with the Callum Mills uh, wrestle? What really happened there, eh? Yeah, I'm not sure I can break that. That's, <laughs> oh, uh, yes, nah, you nah, can. Nah, what's been reported is uh, nah, what's been reported is is um, pretty spot on. And Millsy played the straight bat in the interview, but uh, no, nah, Millsy's a oh, he's a tremendous leader, and it's just one of those things that that sometimes happen. It was a yeah. Um, just an accident, a bad or costly one, but mm. yeah, no, just a couple of boys mm. playing around. Well, how much have you mapped out if it's filling out your forms to see if you get picked up as a delisted player or have you had to even think what's next? Would it be Sample for you? Are you prepared to go down that path and hope then for a mid-season draft opportunity? What are all your options from here that you're thinking? 
Yeah, ideally, um, yeah, another opportunity at AFL level yep. um, for starters, whether that's yeah through the delisted free agent or whether mm. that's a pre-season train-on or sort of the your pre-season supplementary period. Yep. Um, but, yeah, if not, then I'll certainly be back in the Sandville, um, settled in Adelaide, so um, I won't look to move anywhere else. Okay. It'll be... Um, back in the sandville. Yeah. Well, Will, we really appreciate you jumping on the phone today under mm, difficult tough. circumstances. We wish you uh, all the best and uh, we'll stay in touch with you and hopefully we can chat to you a little later in the year or in the pre-season. Yeah, too easy. That, that'd be nice. Thanks very much for having me. No, our pleasure. Hang tough, Will. There he is, Will Gould. Uh, went pick 26 in 2019. Absolutely starred in that yeah. Sandville Grand Final against your mob, Roach. It was a good game. And you're right. There is no magic potion that adds five centimetres to his height column, does mm, it? But he clearly thinks he can play on the halfback flank. He's but he can run. He can run. Yeah, not super quick. But he can That's run. Right. Well, you'd want to if you're playing over mm. footy, Roach. Hey, yes, bit, I agree. A bit hard if you can't. Uh, what's Tom Morris reporting here? He's saying... Uh, Tommy Hawkins. Then this is coming back to a conversation he also had with Josh Jenkins earlier in the year where his contract talks with Geelong weren't going in a very good direction. Mm. So I think Tom Hawkins was prepared to measure the market. So they were lowballing him a little bit, well, thinking he wouldn't move from his region? Things like that, yeah. Mm. Uh, Chris Scott has come out and said they will work it out, and yeah. they have worked it out, but he is still yet to sign. We'll keep you across that mm. one. All right, we'll go to a break, Roots. We've got a stack of trade talk to get through. And Jordan Dawson taking out the Crows Club Championship in his uh, – or Club Premiership. Oh, get it right, Kim. Club – Championship. Championship, that's mm. it. Uh, in his second, second, year. second year, we'll hear from uh, Dorso as well. We are here thanks to IGA Supermarkets, how the locals like it. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Standing in the Hall of Fame. 3.54. Barat Sundarasan coming up at 4 o'clock. We'll be crossing to India, Australia. A little disappointing. The good, the bad and the ugly. Have you done yours, Roach? Yes, here it is on page three. Is All it? done. Oh, good. I haven't done mine yet. 4.20, okay. Daniel Norton. 4.30, John Casey. Um, he will be popping by live in of the him? studio. Good of him. Yeah. Thanks, very, John. Very good of him. Yes. Enjoy chatting to John. He's a, he's a good human. Yes. Uh, we've got the $100 IGA voucher to give away. Nearest the pin for tonight's John Cale medal. Who wins and by how much? Arthur in Harndorf says most underrated player in the competition, Dan Houston, wins by 14 points. Now, this is for $100. Linny Lou says uh, Zach Butters by 22. Thank you for that, Lynn. And she always puts a little pair there for the power. Uh, hi, guys. Mr. Jeff here. Hello, Jeffrey. Mr. Butters by 22. Mr. Rosie by 15 from Beam Me Up. Mr. Houston, thank you. He's given a one, two, three. Mm. So he says Butters by 22. Someone remind Jordan Dawson that the prelims and grand finals aren't played at Adelaide Oval. They can't win away. Oh, right. Well, let's hear Jordan Dawson after accepting his uh, best and fairest award. He had a bit to say about uh, being able to beat Collingwood in Brisbane. I was up in Port Douglas watching the grand final and um, I sent a message in the WhatsApp about how we should have beaten the two teams that were in there, Granny, and um, how we're better than these teams. 
Should, should, okay. we, should, should we go to the Stephen May one? <laughs> yes, what, let's go to the Stephen May. Everyone, everyone's having a season of regrets at yeah, the moment. Yeah, Stephen May got up there. Have, we got, have we got it in there, Lindsay? Yeah, Stephen May at Melbourne wasn't far off the same thing. It hasn't gone down well in a few uh, no. areas. <laughs> oh, well. Look, I'll be, you know, I've had a few fans come up to me and say, I really appreciate and, and respect how much you hate losing, which is, which is awesome, and I do, because, you know, like, and I don't want to, you know, talk about it in hindsight, but, you know, you know, we lose to Collingwood and they go on to win the flag and it hurts watching that because, because like, like we're, we're a better team than them. We, sh- we should have smoked them and to sit there on grand final day and watch them, you know, hoist the cup and get the medals. I'm sitting there going, geez, our team's so much better than these guys. And like, you know, we should have been out there, but, you know, we weren't. And I think, you know, we've got an unbelievable list. We've got an unbelievable coaching group and, and the hunger has, you know, never, never been you know, hungrier and, um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of this team and um, looking forward to next year. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. As a world is full of them, isn't it, Kim? Yeah, if butts and candy nuts. But Collingwood did the job. You do it on the day. That's right. Can understand what they're saying. Yep. Yep. But hey, Rich, uh, Peter Ryan, your friend from The Age, age yes. yeah, is reporting that uh, Xavier Dersma definitely wants to be traded to Essendon. That helps Port. Yeah, and we, we said some time ago we believe this would happen and probably about four or five weeks ago, I think, mm, yep. uh, we floated that. Something needed to come on their uh, player exit list. Yeah, now here's Chris Isaac. Davies talking about Xavier Dersma, but this was a little earlier today. Yeah, look, the, the compromise nature of the draft is, is an issue that I think the AFL need to address You know, in the future. Obviously, you know, North Melbourne have been, been given some extra picks this year no, and we'll next. Get rid, which, of that, get rid of that you know, one, Linesy. Uh, this is Xavier Dersma. Well, there's always a chance. I mean, you know, what the, the, the approach that we take ultimately is, is that we want players who want to be at Port Adelaide. And so if there was a player who ended, um, you know, the, the exit interview process or the season, you know, wanting to potentially leave, then, you know, we, we are good enough and mature enough to, to look and see whether that can actually help us. Um, there's no doubt that, you know, extra draft capital when you're looking to bring players in actually does help. But, you know, we're all equally not looking to, to push Xavier out here. This is this has got to be something that's going to be you know beneficial for both parties. I think they'd love to have him, but it's just business. He's collateral damage. And they can't do all the deals unless they mm. move someone like Xavier Dersma through the his, trade period. His best Simple football is well and truly yet to come. Yeah. He could be like Blake yep. Akers. But if you want to take a player who you think is going to be really important to your side into your trade in list, you're going to have to push one out. Mm. If you haven't got draft picks this year. Let's, let's be real about and it. And this is why I believe they may not have to do it, but if someone came knocking, I think Ollie Wines is gettable. That this, would have to be a super deal, though. It, it would be. as four years to go in his contract. Mm-hmm. Here's Chris Davies talking about Ollie Wines. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not sure how these things actually come out sometimes other than to say you know, there's no suggestion from our perspective that we want Ollie to leave and there's certainly no... A message from Ollie or his management that um, would suggest that he wants to go. So, yeah, but we understand that in this situation, clubs ask about players, and you know we're we're big enough to to understand that that goes on. And if a club did come knocking, with I think they would entertain. That's the thing. With that's the thing. I don't know. Take a bit. Fair bit, I would think. Or what do you think it'd be worth? Well, if someone came knocking on the door with two first round draft picks. You'd start the conversation, but if it was anything less no, than that... No, I don't think he could command Well, then to, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, you don't know, Root. You're not I don't God. Think, I don't, You're not God. Don't think there's going to be a deal that makes this happen. What if you. someone said a first rounder and a second rounder? 
I don't think they even get the coffee brewing at that stage. What if Essendon? Oh, <laughs> go away with Essendon. <laughs> Essendon don't give you anything. They don't even give you the biscuits once the coffee's uh, brewing. They're very active at the moment. What about the free agents? They're knocking oh, through. I know. It looks like Dylan Shield will be off to another club too. Probably wow. St Kilda. Uh, here's a text. Hey, Kimbo and Roots, just want to say thanks for your afternoon show as always. It always relaxes me. Dave from Campbelltown. Dave, come and work with Roach. I wouldn't call it relaxing. What is it? Therapeutic. Oh, good. There you go. Good. Uh, Chris Davies tells a few porkies, I think. Well, I just read that one out. Sorry, Chris. Didn't pre-read that one. If What's this one? If Kim Dillon had a left foot, he would have played 300 VFL AFL games. His courage was personified from Gav. Well, I was a left footer, Gav. I think you're having a crack at me there. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? I often say that um, I could have paid 250 if I was faster and stronger and more courageous. Um, haven't listened to the start of the show. How did I go with nearest the pin? Did anyone pick Dawson by 16 or 17? My pick oh, no. was Dawson by 15 was pretty good. <laughs> That's oh, a that's joint the joint winner. winner. That's that's, uh, that's Daniel. Winner. He's got his name there. Hello, Daniel. You're oh, a winner. Daniel. Unless you've put in two nominations though on a different on the same phone. No, Ben's saying you didn't. Ah, Daniel's no. a winner. Daniel, you're the other winner along with uh, Mario. Uh, it's four o'clock, Rouge. What's that mean? Means we go to the news. All right, and then when we come back, we'll do more CMC Invest yes. uh, AFL trade updates. International investing made easy. Download CMC Invest today. We're off to India. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Past four, we're live from Studio Lumo SA, powered by Lumo Energy South Australia. Currently 24 degrees outside. Love the support we get from IGA Supermarkets, how the locals like it. And our next guest as well, Roach. Uh, he was covering the game last night between Australia and India. He was barracking his little lungs out for the Australians, but couldn't get us over the line. We did not make enough runs. Barat Sundarasan joins us now. Is it as simple as that, Barat? Not enough runs. Not maybe if they'd got even 30 more runs, they could well have made a match of it. Mm. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, the the decision to bat first is understandable. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. Australia did play uh, an ODI here earlier in the year, uh, the end of the cricket season, and uh, they defended 239. So I think the idea was right. The execution, obviously, not right, as we saw. Mm. Uh, and there were times when, like David Warner, I thought, started really well. Steve Smith started extremely well uh and then i think um uh, you just you just needed one of them to really kick on uh and not to forget uh, uh manas as well i think the fact that they they didn't go deep uh and with the middle order which you know has blown a little hot and cold at times in uh in 50 over cricket uh 199 was never going to be enough but having said that uh, at least australia made a made a made a match of it uh, and who knows, right? Who knows if Mitchell Ma- Marsh hangs on to that catch oh. of Virat Kohli early on. It could have gone either way. Now, he looked straight over to Alex Carey as if to say, Alex, but I didn't think Alex was in his way. I, I think, uh, look, I think 
there was a bit of mis- miscommunication, but once Mitchell Marsh got to the ball, mm. I think uh, he should have held on to it. But I guess it's a natural reaction as well. Uh, the uh, first thought that came to my mind is uh, every time I have dropped a catch, and you always look for someone else to point your <laughs> finger at. But I think it's just a natural reaction. Not that I've dropped too many, but no, I think it was just one of those things. Uh, but obviously, he had uh, uh, Alex Carey in, in the line of his sight because Mitchell Marsh is a very safe catcher. And he just didn't get his hands to the ball as he would usually. Well, here's Pat Cummings, what he had to say about the drap- dropped catch of Coley. Yeah, I've already forgotten about it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, not ideal, especially someone of his calibre. Um, it happens. You know, four for ten would have been a dream start, but not to be. So when Warner and Smith were pushing the run rate at more than four runs and over, and the projection was 270... <laughs> Which point did you think it started to go the wrong way there, Barat? When they got out? Um, I guess just the wickets of uh, Smith, Manus and Maxwell came pretty much back to back. And look, at one point, it looked like they might be rolled over for 150. So yeah. a credit to Pat Cummins and Mitchell Stark for uh, uh, showing some gumption. Uh, on a pitch which I think Steve Smith uh, described pretty aptly as... Uh, it felt at times to him like he was playing a test match against India. Okay. Uh, the ball was yeah. gripping, the ball was turning. It wasn't a rank turner before uh, uh, everyone reaches for panic stations in Australia, but mm. it, it, it was a traditional subcontinent pitch uh, with puffs of dust. Uh, and, and like the great Shane Warne used to say, when it seems uh, it spins, I think this was the other way around. We saw what Josh Hazelwood was getting the ball to do uh, once he got that new ball in his hand. But yeah. I think it's it in that middle order. And I said it before the tournament, if there's one, not concern, but one thing I'm really looking forward to see how Australia gets stronger as the tournament progresses, it is that middle order. Uh, Manas Labushin is batting really well, but don't forget, he's just found his way back into one-day mm. cricket. Uh, and then uh, with Carey, Stein is green. Uh, he's just waiting to, for them to find the right kind of form. And maybe it'll happen at the right time for Australia in this tournament. So Australia makes 199, clearly wasn't enough. But then all of a sudden India are three for three. And I think when they're about three for 20, you could still get $2.57 for Australia to win. Uh, (laughs) Remember what you're gambling with. What were you thinking when India were three for three? Uh, Well, I mean, look, it wasn't the kind of start that uh, anyone in India expected. Uh, And... Josh Hazelwood was bowling, like I said earlier, like an absolute dream. Mm. Uh, and he has expe- a lot of experience of bowling at this ground. He played for CSK, won IPL trophies with them. Uh, but he was really getting the ball to talk. But at that point, you almost felt like you wanted Pat Cummins to come and bowl at that high-level Pat Cummins uh, uh, level, or what I mean, like, like bowl like Pat Cummins, which is give nothing away. And I'm not saying he bowled, I didn't bowl that well. But it just felt like, uh, you know, there was that odd single here and there uh, once he came on to bowl. Uh, and, and, you know, Virat Kohli and KL Rahul, just the experience that they have. And, and they, they are in a good space, uh, this Indian team. Uh, and you always had the depth of Hardik Pandya, Ravindra Jadeja, and even an R. Rashmin in a low run chase, you would have backed him on his home ground. So I never thought even at 3 for 3 that Australia were favourites. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a matter of, uh, you know... Uh, uh, one partnership, and as it proved to be, that was it. Mm. But who knows? Again, like the drop catch could have changed everything. Yeah, well, the bookies knew. All right, so that one's done and dusted. We take on <laughs> South Africa on Thursday. Are you expecting any changes to the lineup? Um, Not really. Look, if Marcus Stoinis is fit, uh, and it looks like he should be, 
Uh, he had a long uh, stint in the nets with bat and ball two days out from the game. Uh, he batted again uh, two days uh, or on the eve of the one day. And even yesterday during the innings break, he was having a long bowl. Uh, you would think he's just an automatic slot in for Cameron Green at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't see them making any changes at this point. But uh, look, if Alex Carey does have uh, a few more lean uh, games in this tournament, maybe they might be tempted to bring in Josh Inglis. Uh, those are the only options they have left, Australia, to be honest. Uh, they, it was a gamble to uh, take just a 14-member squad uh, and wait for Travis Head to get yeah. uh, good to go. So uh, I don't see them having too many other options, but uh, just a, a sternness for green swap. Barat, always enjoy chatting to you. Have fun over there. We look forward to speaking again later in the week. Sounds very good, guys. I'm just at the airport on my way to Lucknow for eight days of World Cup cricket. Well, enjoy. <laughs> you got a enjoy. tough You've got the best life in the enjoy world. He's rubbing that. it in then too, Rich, I mm. think. Yeah, so Lucknow, that's where it happens. Uh, Australia taking on South Africa gets underway at 7.30 Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, what's that, Rich? 7 o'clock our time. Australian Eastern Daylight Yeah, 7 it's o'clock our time. a long tournament. Yes, yes. It's a it's long a- tournament. So the first game isn't... At the end of it all, is it? No, no. The uh, the semis don't start until November Ooh, the fifteenth. We'll nearly be on, nearly be on Hollies there, Rooch. Mm. Hey, uh, Rooch, you were talking about, or we were just waxing lyrical about Ollie Wines, and if someone did knock on the door, yeah. I think Port would be happy to listen, no matter what they say, and most clubs do. Uh, you said what would get the deal done? What about this, Timmy from Turton? That'll be Point Turton over on the York Peninsula, beautiful part of the world there. Great caravan park too. What about pick seven and the big Asava Radagalia for wines to the cats? No, it's still short. Well, well they, 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 want a first, they want a first rounder no, for Asava Radagalia, which I don't think he's no, worth, no. But, but they want one. So you're effectively getting two first round picks. But you no, get one pick and a player. still short for me. That is still short. Really? Yep. Not based on the last year, Roach. No, short for my money. Right. You're saying captain them, as well. You're too close to the family. You're not no, objective now. No, I would say Geelong, you're going to have to put more on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, what have we got here? Text came through from Chopsy. It looked to be oppressively hot. How bad was it? Big bad Barry Barat from the North Parade. Yeah, well, I did note that there were times when the umpires were sending off the Australian drinks team, virtually handling them. Get out of here. Yeah. You know, Oh, they looked like they were hot. melting, though. That yep. red in the uh, face. And then we've got a lot more text coming through. Dirt Boys, Dersma has requested a trade to yep. It is better Expect to swap that. directly or go with draft picks, given that they want Soldo? Question mark. That's from Lindsay. Well, come I back think Soldo is going to happen. No, well, well, we'll have a listen to Chris I think Davies. that's going to happen. Well, uh, we can do that right now, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, 4C, Chris Davies on Ivan Soldo. Yeah, in fairness to Richmond, he's a contracted player there. So, you know, both uh, Ivan and Richmond are going to have to be on the same page if, if uh, you know, Ivan wants to, to get out and potentially, you know, come to us for, you know, a number one ruck spot. I don't not, think that one's happening. Not going to be an easy one no. to do. All right, uh, we'll go to a break. We've got the good, the bad and the ugly. Then Daniel Norton will be joining us from the Port Adelaide Footy Club. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. 
4.18 on a Monday afternoon. Appreciate your company. Just a reminder, we've got our nearest the pin. Who wins the John Cale medal and by how many votes? Of course, that's being held tonight. A $100 IGA voucher. Have a crack at it. Doesn't matter who you barrack for. Who wins? I've gone Zach Butters by 18. Rooch has gone Zach Butters by 27. Could be Dan Houston or Connor Rosie. Rooch, we're going to jump into the good, the bad and the ugly and do it quickly because Daniel Norton is waiting to speak to us and he's been a busy man today with the funeral and farewell of Jeff Motley and, of course, the John Cale medal tonight. So you got your holsters on? All ready to fire. Sounds so violent, doesn't it? Pretty simple, the good, the bad and the ugly from the weekend. What was your good? The Crows being unbeaten in the AFLW, which then leads to the question, if they continue on this pace, where will the grand final be played, Kim? Well, look at you, you little forward thinker. I have no idea. Adelaide Oval won't be available. They can make a case to get to Adelaide Oval because there's no test match this year, but Mm. it would mean taking out the pitches and all that sort of stuff. So is it? Better to go through that for what sort of crowd and what sort of crowd do you get at Norwood? Uh, well, you probably sell out Norwood. Would you get 50000 again to an AFLW grand final in the kindest possible way the first year when they had over 50000 It was new. It was a bit of a novelty. Probably not. Mm, what do probably we get best to, to stick we to Norwood. 30000 to the Sandford grand final. Yeah, probably best to stick to Norwood yeah. and the atmosphere it creates. There. Uh, my good is Jordan Dawson, second year as a captain, taking out the club best and fairest. Your bad, Rooch? 3-12, again from the Port Adelaide AFLW team. 3-12, the goal-kicking record and conversion rate is horrible. Not it's almost ugly. I know. Not good. Not good. It's demoralising. Uh, my bad, Mitch, Mitch Marsh. I know it's harsh, but dropping Virat Coley. Uh, take that. They would have been four down and a big chance. He was only on 12 at the time. You're ugly. Just that. The Aussies and the way in which their World Cup opener against India in Chennai just didn't play out after a good start with... Warner and Smith. Yeah, a bit of a fizzer, wasn't it? My yeah. ugly, I'm being a bit deep and meaningful here. The delisting of players at this time of the year, on an average, it's six to seven at every club. Mm. And those players, like we spoke to Will Gold, um, you know, they have to relocate their dreams and, and, and their careers, you know, financially are often taken away from them. So it's a tough time, but that's, that's the business. The other ugly was Eddie Jones apologising to everyone who he was so critical of in the lead up to the World Cup with the Australian Wallabies. But we lost the audio. Oh, did you? Rich? Yes, because okay, well, it doesn't exist, unfortunately. But oh, he, right. But he probably needs to reflect on a few things he said before they left. He had a bonus one then, Rich. It's 420. Daniel, mm. give yourself some cuts. Thanks, Eddie. Cup, yeah. You gave yourself one. 421, Daniel Norton shortly. Well done, Lindsay. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Twenty-six on a Monday afternoon. We're live from Studio Lumo USA here at number one King William Street in the city. Glorious day outside. Getting warmer routes, 24.1 degrees. We're here thanks to our good friends at IGA Supermarkets. How the locals like it. And talking of good friends, did they come any better than our next guest? We used to work with him on Saturday mornings at 5AA Roots. He was the panel operator. He used to do the news and sports updates. 
take a lot of stick from one of our co-panellists. That would have been me? No, Graham just kept digging in. Oh, he did. Yeah, I used to pick horrible. on his news reading a little bit as you? well. Oh, well, you're yeah. a professional. Yeah, but but yours was advice to make him better. Well, it was. He, Graham did, he was didn't always take it well, though. But that's sometimes the way coaching has to be. Mm. Okay. Daniel At least Norton. you had a good intent. I did. Unlike Graham. Daniel Norton is the media manager of the Port Adelaide Football Club, and that's one of the most long-winded introductions ever. Hello, Norts. <laughs> Hello, Kimbo. Hello, Roots. Yes, those those were the days. It feels like a lifetime ago, those oh. days of Highmark Square, and uh, yeah, a bit of water under the bridge since then. Yes. Mar- Mary Hopkins. Those were the that's, days, my mm. friend. We thought, hey, uh, Norts, um, you've had a busy day, so we really appreciate you jumping on, and it's an emotional day as well. The funeral and the celebration of Jeff Motley, uh, you you were there, and it was a great turnout by yeah. the Port Adelaide faithful. Yeah, I heard uh, Michelangelo uh, early in the program encapsulate it really well. It was uh, it was you know very close to Juanita Motley, Jeff's daughter, and you know we spoke before and then we spoke after, and you know the first message you shared with me this morning is what a wonderful day uh, for Jeff's farewell and celebration because. Weather-wise, it was just what Jeff wanted. It was just the perfect day, the perfect setting at, at his home, uh, Albert and Oval. Mm. Grew up just down the road, of course, and that was his home. Um, that's where he wanted to be, and that's where he wanted to be farewelled, and it was just a very, very special day with family, friends, and the Port Island community. And, no, it's a, a really busy day. You have an important night tonight with the John Cale Medal presentation at the Convention Centre. Do you have the uh, tux on already? Well, the penguin suit's just getting sort of sorted at the moment. I've got to iron the shirt and uh, polish the shoes, but no, I'm I'm getting there. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm running short of time, but um, I'm I'm going to be fine. Six thirty for a seven o'clock start. So can't wait for the uh, can't wait for the night. It's going to be a special night, an opportunity to be able to celebrate some of the great individual achievements um, within the playing group, both for the power uh, and in, and the magpies in the sandal as well. We'll only hold you for another two or three minutes. We know the John Cale medal is the, the biggie. Zach Butters goes in favourites, but there's some other time-honoured uh, and prestigious awards as well. The Foss Williams Best Team Man. Now, that's voted by the players? That's voted by the players on a 3-2-1, Kim. Yeah, at the end of the year, they they sit down and, and they vote. And, you know, some incredible winners of that, of that Best Team Man uh, award over the years. You think of Travis Boak and Dom mm. Cassisi's won it a number of times. So those players that I guess embody the Port Adelaide spirit that was um, that was promoted so heavily by by you know the late great Foss Williams. You think about Jeff Motley and then you know your Foss Williams as well. Um, Are you tipping? You know, yeah, what two great names to win that Foss Williams medal? Yeah, best team man. Uh, I reckon. I would think. I reckon there's a. I don't know. I guarantee mm. I don't know. But I would suggest the way that someone like a Tom Jonas, even I know he's captain, it feels like the okay. obvious. But the way he's carried himself mm. all year with enormous challenges, you know, with his own form, uh, he's been phenomenal. It sounds obvious given he's captain, but what you don't see is what he does behind the scenes. So you know, I think he'll be he'll be he'll be right up there. Difficult part of always an end of a season and these moments, Daniel, is we say farewell to a fair few. The one announcement that was made over the weekend, Cam Sutcliffe has decided he's going to look elsewhere for where his next chapter in football is. Yeah, look, as speaking to Cam, what I, you know, again, you, you think about Tom Jonas and then you think about Cam Sutcliffe and mm. 
different but similar careers, but they both embody the Port Adelaide spirit as as as, as wearing the number one um, attack on the ball. You know, never flinching, uh, ruthless in a sense, but uh, so caring in another sense. So, you know, he's been a, a wonderful stalwart. Of course, played a lot of games for Fremantle before coming to Port Adelaide and then uh, played a handful of AFL games for Port and then has been a wonderful servant for the club in, in the in the SNFL. So, look, I don't know what Cam's next moves will be. He might be thinking country footy. He might be thinking local community footy at some level, but uh, we'll certainly honour him tonight. Mm. Uh, Nords, we'll let you go. We're running late for the news. You know how this works. Reach never bothers him. Um, actually, there's a good text here. Does Daniel Norton miss the 5AA caller Santo? Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Matthew was his... Uh, was his I, I remember Santo. Phew. Yeah, he, well, there you uh, go. He's, he was he's a dominant listening. caller. Just another one that's come across to us uh, there, Norts. Uh, just quickly, you're at the club every day of the week. You know who the coach's pet is. Who wins the coach's award? Connor Rosie? Uh, Kenny, Ken loves Connor Rosie and Zach Butters. It's almost, <laughs> oh, it's, it's sort of Thorpe Hackett, Thorpe Hackett. No, you know, who's in front, who's in front. I think Connor just gets it. Oh, all right. Hey, Norts, have a great night tonight. Without knowing. Yeah, no, I know. You know Without nothing. Knowing. We've right. known okay. that for years. We've got the message. Look forward to playing bocce with you over the holiday period. <laughs> Look forward to it. Thanks for having us on, fellas. Good have on you, Norts. One of the good men of the Ooh. footy world. I've just learned that you're a bocce player. Well, we play cross-country bocce. Yeah. Uh, wow. Very competitive. Norts has been over to Port Vinny and played a few times. He stays at Edithburg. Yes. Yeah. Cross-country Happy to take bocce. you on for a coffee, Ruth, but you never pay. You owe 16 still. It's 4.32. One at a time. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Six on a Monday afternoon. Appreciate all the correspondence. We'll get to some of those texts very shortly. We're live from Studio Lumo SA, powered by Lumo Energy, and we're here thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. Stack of texts coming through. Uh, this one says Zach Butters to win by five points. That's Daryl from Port Adelaide. That's in regards to nearest the pin. We have a $100 IGA voucher to give away. Thanks to IGA Supermarkets. How the locals like it. Who wins the John Cale medal? And by how many votes. It's as simple as that. Time now, Roach, to introduce the voice of basketball. He's live in the studio and looking a little bit taller in real life. John Casey joins us. Hello, Case. G'day, Kimbo. Hello, Roach. Yeah, Hello, John. TV does that to you. Makes you look a little shorter and a little wider. A so, little wider. Uh, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm told. No, you don't look wide at all. <laughs> hey, we spoke to you at the start of the season. You weren't all that optimistic about the Adelaide 36ers. They sit at 0-4, and four, but they've had a crack. They have, they have, they have had a crack, but they're seriously undermanned at the moment. They need a new import. Look, they're zero and four for the first time in twenty-one years. Yes, so it's not a great place for them to be at the moment. I was in Perth to watch them play on Friday night and call that game. And, and what was that? Seven points. Um, it was, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and they, they were right in that. They fought their way back from 16-17 down in the second quarter, fought their way back, played really well, had a chance to win it, but of course just weren't able to get across the line. And it's been the story of their season. Their first game in Brisbane, 15-0 mm. start, had a chance to win it, couldn't get across the line. Led Melbourne by five in the last quarter here at home. Yep. Couldn't get across the line. But it's now 0-4 and four and the first time in 21 years that they've started so slowly. Just quickly, our network owns the Wildcats. Where are they at at the moment? Was that a poor performance by them or a good performance by the Sixers? Oh, look, I think Perth are right in the mix. There's no doubt about it. And if you've never been to a Perth Wildcats game, get over there to Perth. The Red Army put on a great show. They are the benchmark in the competition, not only on court but off court as well. They do a fantastic job. And I saw Hutchie there on Friday night. He was looking a little nervous as Adelaide were making their comeback. Yeah. And the fans got a little nervous as well. It went quiet there and in the jungle in Perth, it doesn't get quiet very often. But um, full credit to Adelaide, the way they fought back. We uh, had a few texts about our fearless leader not being all that well received over in the West still because we have an audience <laughs> over there as well. G'day, Mark, who barracks for North Adelaide but been living in WA for a long time. Uh, how is he received over there? Did he cop a bit from the crowd? I was concentrating on my role, so I don't really want to buy into that. Uh, I was too busy. Uh, and, in fact, I, pre-game I was chatting with CJ Bruton, and if I can offer some... Uh, some good news for the Adelaide 36ers fans listening here is that CJ told me that they will sign a recruit, their new import, this week is the plan. And they desperately need they need a, a closer is what he's looking for, someone who delivers 15 to 20 points a game. Now, if they had that person, it was Jamal Franklin, but mm-hmm. that didn't work out. If you add 15 points to every score they've got this year, they win. They're mm-hmm. four and but zero. You, and that's how close it is. You were very supportive of them uh, when I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. That's two years in a row, though. They've failed with their imports. Yep. And a lot of teams have. You could go through the NBL and you'll find a lot of teams have failed with their imports. So, yes, they haven't got it right again, but it's an inexact science. You're trying to recruit players from the the other side of the world mm-hmm. who you look at their, their highlights on YouTube and everyone looks like Michael Jordan. But when they get here, all of a sudden... That's they're not their highlights. They're, they're, yeah, they're not the same size yeah. as they're listed yeah. as. They're a little bit smaller yes. than that. They're a little bit slower. They, and yeah, the best okay. bits are the worst bits, so I didn't get to see them and some of them aren't great. All right, zero and four. There's a lot of catch-up to be doing here. How draining will that be? Can they get themselves, like we say, step by step to make it four and four and then what happens? Can they get there? No. Oh. oh. I hate I hate to oh. say anything negative, but no. Uh, look, the trouble is that there are 28 games and only 28 mm. games in the season. General expectation is you need 16 games. You need to win that many to get into the playoffs. Right. That means you can only lose 12. They've mm. lost four. Yep. They've got eight. So they're going to have to win now. However many games that is. They play the Hawks Saturday night at home at the Should be a win. Should, Should be. be a win. They need to get a win. And when I was in Perth speaking with John Rilly, another championship mm. winner here in Adelaide, he was saying you need to win at home and on the road you go 50-50 and you'll make it, but you have to win your games at home. And that's what is desperately needed for Adelaide on Saturday night against the Illawarra Hawks, who are a beatable team. One of only two teams who finished below Adelaide last year, mm. and they've retooled. They look completely different, but they are gettable. And if Adelaide play as well as they have against the heavyweights, Sydney, Melbourne and Perth are probably the top three teams in the competition. If they had to play all three, and Brisbane expected to be the big improvers, then their draw has been horrendous. But you mm. don't want to be seen here to be trying to make excuses for them. But if they can't beat Illawarra, I think they're, uh, they're in a whole lot of trouble. We're not used to the 36ers being well. like the Redbacks, are we, Reach, uh, here in South Australia? <laughs> no, but no, 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 they're, they're a very <laughs> successful franchise. They are. But they are. two years ago, you were optimistic. We spoke to CJ Bruton. We were all in. What's gone wrong with the roster? 
as you say, the selection of players just hasn't worked out the way that they would have liked. And I think this year, to me, from the outside looking in, it would I assumed that the purse strings have been tightened a little bit mm. uh, and they're not able to secure the talent that's required. New Zealand signed a new import today who comes highly credentialed and they've done that by the snap of their fingers. Adelaide have taken a long time to replace Jamal Franklin and the only thing I can think that is going on is that they just don't have the funds to be able to pay the person the money they want. But we all understand this. You have to speculate to accumulate because if they don't invest in players, they don't get results, they don't get crowds to the game, they start losing money and they don't get members as well. Well, they've got a record membership at the moment. They're selling out the Adelaide Entertainment Centre and they're 0-4 and, and last year didn't make finals for the fifth straight season. Mm. But um, teased at least. Yes, but teased at least. And I think that's that's what you have to look you, You're exactly right what you say, Kimbo. And I remind people that in 2002, when Adelaide won their fourth championship, they were top of the NBL table with mm. Perth, who had won four championships. That was the most of any franchise in the NBL history. Well, Perth have got 10 now, yeah. and we've got four. So if you were to make the case for this to turn for the positive, what needs to get put in place for the well, 36ers? All they need is that extra player. You find the right player. If you get a scorer, someone who can close out a game and give you 15 yeah. to 20 points, like Milton Doyle did for Tassie in an upset okay. win over Melbourne yesterday, Doyle. then you are right in the mix because Humphreys is a boomer. Mm. Kadee is a great player and a boomer. Mitch McCarron captained Australia recently. Mm. They've got good talent. Sunday Ditch played at the World Cup. Uh, Toei Smith-Milner played at the World Cup for New Zealand. So they have got the, the players around, but they're one player short at the moment. And unfortunately, he just happens to be your MVP or your best and fairest, your Jordan Dawson or your Zach Butters. That's the person oh, they're missing. Do you know something? Zach won it, has he? It's tonight. Right? <laughs> That's my guess. Yes, yes. I, I wanted to get throw okay. my head. What's the prize? Well, it's a $100 <laughs> IGA voucher. We all need that with the cost of living the way it is. You're going to have a crack case. It's a... Uh, 15 votes per game because it's five votes from the three coaches. Is that right, Rich? So you get votes from Chris Davies as the footy boss, Ken Inkley as the senior coach, and your line coach. Zero to five. Mm-hmm. Max, you can get his 15. Yep. Happy people Pratt voting. We'd love it. to give you a Oh, look, he'd be, he'd be uh, I'm going to say. Play 25 uh, games, all of them. 25 games? Ooh. Yep. So you're talking in the vicinity of 214 votes. Look at him go. Mm. Yeah. Zach yeah, Butler's yeah, 214. Right. No, but how much does he win by? Oh, how much does he win yeah, by? that's the question. Oh, oh, okay. How much does he win by? Seven. Seven? You think it'll be that close? Yeah. Uh, I've, I've gone Butters 18. Roach has gone Butters 27. We had quite a few for Dan Houston as well. Yeah. Here's another one. Uh, Dan Houston by five votes. That's the Bandit from Finden. Good luck, Bandit. $100 IGA voucher. Another one here. G'day, lads. Butters by 18 votes. Dave from Modbury. Appreciate that. Now we've got another one here. Live and interactive. I haven't pre-read it. It's from Mario. I get nervous. John Casey, is this state in crisis? We can't win a Jats cracker, and to make it worse, Rucci won't retire. Oh, fair thing. <laughs> I should pre-read some Tough of those. school, isn't it? And here's another one. <laughs> Boys, Dan Houston to win the John Cale medal by 18. That's from Mickel. Had an interesting text case. Um, I think it was last week or the week before. They said, take it to the bank, that the Sandful Grand Final will be played on a Friday night. Now, you've been singing very loudly from your hymn sheet about the audience, how it's grown with the Sandfall and the numbers, the millions that have been watching it. Is there any truth to that, that the Sandfall Grand Final would be going to a Friday night? Not that I'm aware of. This is the very first I've heard of it, but I don't mind the idea. Problem is, John, you clash mm. with the preliminary final of the AFL. So you oh, no, you that. moved from there. 
Well, the only place you can move is you have to go post-season. So it has to be then the last... No, we don't want to do that. Well, the first weekend of October. Yeah, no, don't want to go there. No, that's not going to happen. It's not and, a Friday and, night. And it the most prospect is it would be a Saturday night. Right. Mm. Yep. Oh, well, look, I don't mind the idea of a night. You know, I think the AFL tend to use the sample and the waffle as a, uh, a sounding board and try new rules and so forth. And I'm still bewildered by won't they, why they won't accept the last disposal out of bounds rule. I mean, it works everywhere. Mm. Um, the AF, uh, the waffle giving away the bounce to that start with. To yep. So I think the AFL looks at that and then makes adjustments, uh, can use it as a guinea pig, so to speak. And I would have thought that that might be a way of uh, easing it into the football mm. minds of the AFL supporters that look how successful the sample grand final was at night. We've got to do this. Case, you might as well stay with us till the close of the show. It's only uh, 4.54 and 40 seconds. We have to get out on time. Roach has never done it, but that's what we've got to do. A lot of interesting news coming through, Case. Uh, Toomey just reporting. Now, as we know, Xavier Dersma's trade request to get to Essendon has come through. Seeing the Bombers eye four players. They'll get Mackay, Gresham, Goldstein and Dersma with Zerk Thatcher and D'Ambrosio to go. Essendon today have ruled out a Dylan Shield Yep, they said trade. that won't happen. So that is not going to happen. Mm. Uh, Ryan Daniels reporting Lockie Schultz wants a move to Collingwood. From Fremantle, yep. Wow. Yep. So this is only just the exit door has not been closed there at all. Yeah, fair to say the news has blindsided the Freo Dockers. Mm. Uh, would need to be a trade. Schultz is under contract for next yep. year. And parties had been working on a two-year extension. Personal reasons behind the interest in a return mm. to Victoria. It's all turning to fertiliser for Justin Longmuir. Yes, I mean he let Blake Akers go. Yep, yep. That who, is that is huge news. And we're waiting to see if they can do a long term deal with Sean Darcy as well at Fremantle. So that's all very interesting how they're going with their list management. Mm. And the mm. other one that's coming through is that Melbourne, Adelaide, and North Melbourne are all keen on Gold Coast pick ten. Uh, North getting it could leave them with picks two and three, pending on Mackay's compo and ten, handy in their pursuit of pick one from the West Coast. Mm. That's from Tommy Morris reporting that. That's after Gold Coast and Western Bulldogs did a deal to get number four from Gold Coast to the Western Bulldogs. All right. Oh, here we go. Guys, can you ask John Casey this? Get Tyler Cook, guys. He's right there for the taking here in Australia. Grab him as he is exactly what we need. So who is he? So that's a typo. So who is he? Well, oh, so who is he? Uh, Tyler Cook is a basketball player born on September the twenty third, nineteen ninety seven. His height is six foot eight. Uh, he is a centre who most recently played for South East Melbourne Phoenix in Australia. NBL commentators are saying, "Grab him, thirty six, as you need him." Case gone, already gone. Uh, he has been outstanding. He came in as a injury replacement player for Alan Williams at the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Yep. So they've signed him for a short period. He went to the Blitz the preseason, was voted MVP. Looked like Ooh. the best player in the country. But he has already signed, well, in inverted commas, a lucrative deal in Europe. And he is here at the moment putting himself out there on the international stage. Come and have a look at this. This is what I can do. He's talking up his own price. He is out of our realm in terms of what the Adelaide 36ers right? can afford. Yeah, we've had about three texts on yeah. that. Get Tyler oh, look, Cook. If you could get him, if you had an open checkbook, you might be able to afford him. Uh, but he is, I think, out of the price range. Hey, Roach, uh, you don't want to miss this case. You're very lucky you're in here on a Monday afternoon where we do our unmissable moments thanks to Drinkwise. They are riveting. This week's unmissable moment for Drinkwise, you won't miss a moment if you drink wise, is Roach. Were you anywhere near Karen Rolton Oval yesterday? Oh, my car got damaged, Roach, well, driving so past. it should because the young man, Jake Fraser McGurk, who was tossed away by Victoria, so like to burr. speak. 
Surplus to requirements. Mm. How's this for numbers? So he's hit the fastest half century in Australian domestic one-day cricket. 18 balls to get to 50. In the end, he's finished up with 125 off 38, including 10 fours and 13 sixes. That was why the Redbacks were trying to chase Tasmania's 435. But he goes into the world record books for the fastest century in white ball cricket yeah. for one day international. And how many balls domestic? 29. So he's done his in 29 to get to his century, but 100, he's taken 125 off 38. Let's have a little listen to the damage what he did. What a day he had. Over of the day, Fraser McGurk just faced the one ball so far. Cross bat shot. He likes what he sees. Sixes to start. Here's over from Fraser McGurk. And is it three from three? It is. Rainbird in. And he has gone again. Who was in the commentary box with us. He'll come in soon with his tail between his legs. But Fraser McGurk goes again. That hasn't changed from, from this, what I'm reading. Can he get the record? He has a swing at it. It's four and 50 runs for Jake Fraser McGurk off 18 balls. You get the gist of it. He went so, on. He was smacking him everywhere. What's the highlights on Fox Sports? It was absolutely staggering, Case. So the world record falls. You ask, well, who had the world record before? A.B. de Villiers had it in 31 balls against the West Indies in 2014-15. So little Karen Rolton Oval. As a world record. Ah, love it, Roach. Uh, that's this week's unmissable moment for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Wish I knew that when I was a little bit younger. Hey, we've got a couple of minutes. Uh, Case, stay with us. We, we love you. Uh, a lot of talk about Asaba Radagalia. As we know, Andrew Mackey is now, Roach, with Geelong in there. Yeah, he's there in there. I can't yeah. remember his yeah. title. So the expectation now is that Port Adelaide will put that number 23 that they're picking up in that trade they've done with Fremantle on the table for Asava Radigal. And I think Geelong should be really happy with well, that. He be. hasn't been able to make the side for two years in a row. Uh, here's Andrew Mackey on Asava Radigalia. What it takes is probably, I reckon we'll just keep that within our four walls. But from our point of view, um, you know, we've spoken a lot about the, the market place for these key position players, in particular in that age group. So, you know, we think that there's plenty of value in that. Um, you know, he is out of contract, but at the same time, um, you know, it's up to a, an opposing club to, to trade for him and get him if that's what they think is, is the right fit for them. What do you reckon, Case? 23? Sounds fair to me. Be a I, great pick-up. They I need think, him. Yeah, they need if him. If they have to pay more, I'm happy to pay more. You'd give a first-round draft pick for a man that hasn't been able to make the side for two years in a row on a regular basis. Sometimes you have to take a punt. Yeah, no, I understand that. Talking of taking a punt, Port Adelaide are having one on Jordan Sweet. This is Chris Davies on Trade Radio updating us on Jordan. Well, I mean, Jordan's a, a player, again, you know, out of contract who you know, hasn't been able to get much of an opportunity at the Bulldogs. You know, we think he's going to get more of a... A chance with us, you know, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see over the next you know, period of time, you know, what uh, what the Bulldogs actually are looking for. Yeah, that's the next one that's got to fall into place. So we know that Asava Radigalea gets done with a draft pick. We're expecting now Xavier Dersmer to push through Brandon Zirk Thatcher. So that's two out of three. What will it take with Jordan Sweet? That's what we're about to find out. It was a meatloaf song, wasn't it? Two out of two three. Out of three. Out, uh, ain't bad. Hey, Case. If you know the answer to this, you are the man, all right? <laughs> a text has just come through, and you're like an encyclopedia. How short are the boundaries at Karen Rolton Oval? Is there an asterisk approach to this record? No way. I've I, don't been, it, I don't know what it is in terms of the actual meterage, but having seen games there and having seen games yep. being played in England and through 
the UK, well, it is bigger than a lot of the grounds that I've been to. 64 metres. <laughs> so what's Adelaide Oval? That's around the same, 68, isn't it's it? It's 68, 69, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, it's less than 70, I'm sure. So I watched it. It didn't look that small. No. So uh, no name on that text. We appreciate it. I think it stands. Uh, here we go. Case, why wouldn't the 36ers bring in a temporary import while searching for the ideal person? We've dropped four games while browsing and season is now over. That's from Simon. Yeah, well, it's a fair point, but the trouble is that you bring someone as an interim uh, and it costs money and you need to get them here and then ask them to leave and you bring someone else in. I think they're doing their due diligence in terms of who they want, trying to get the right person straight away. Quick Case, as they can. We really appreciate you dropping in with your beautiful wife in the studio. It's her as birthday, well. Kimbo. So oh, I've really? treated her and gone to oh, the movies. And just very quickly, return. Michael Gadinsky, Ego is the movie of his life story. Go and see it. It is brilliant. It is mind blowing. Hey, look, we'll let you go for a romantic dinner. Thanks for coming in, Case. My pleasure. That's it for a Monday. We'll be back tomorrow. Oh, Ray Roach. Bye bye, everyone. Have a good night.